What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Done. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Gannon looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end down. Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast, Wild Card Week version. Wow. Never was, saw that coming. You never saw it? No, I did. You've I been said, very confident all I year. said 10, and I missed it by one, and I was drat. Oh, wow, the Houston game. Um, I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. I don't know why I had to say um before that. That I should be know. information that's readily available in my brain. There you go. Uh, we're the Salty Dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, we're feeling good. Yeah, yeah, I am. Third straight division title. Love it. Um, four year in a, four years in a row going to the playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's the second time the Bucks have ever done that. You probably know the other time is 1999 to 2002. Yeah, but that one kind of went in a different order, right? You you kind of. You made the playoffs three years, and then the fourth one was when you went all the way and won the Super Bowl. Right. This time we started with the Super Bowl win. Correct. And then the next year made it the divisional round, and the next year lost in the wild card round. But here we are again. So we need to rebound now. It could happen. Head back in the right direction. I like it, though. <clears throat> Before we get into anything else. Oh, you got something? No, I just I just have an observation that I have made about Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, like he's the best ever? He's, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> just... In you, case, in case you have to vote for pro bowling, pro bowling, next, pro bowling next year, keep him in mind. Yes, or uh, would that be pro bowl? Because pro bowling would be if you're rolling the ball down right. the alley. Okay, it's funny that you say that because in the maybe 80s or early 90s, the Houston Oilers put on their media guide cover the two guys that had made the Pro Bowl the last year and uh-huh. called them Pro Bowlers. Ah, I like that. It was dumb. Oh well, <clears throat> come on. Probably that's why they moved to uh, Nashville. <laughs> uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., a lot of players could go their whole career without making that type of play that he did where when it seems like all is lost and somehow he gets there and inches before the ball goes over the goal line, he manages to cause a fumble it, and turn a touchdown, a sure touchdown, into a Buccaneers possession. Yes. So he does this against uh, Carolina and DJ Chark in this game. And it's the second time he's done it this year. Right. Because he also did it to Atlanta's Desmond yes. Ritter. He studies tape. But see, now that's a perfect example of why when you're running for your touchdown, just hang on to the ball all the way. Don't put your hand up. Don't put your, you know, extend it out. Well, I think probably, A, I don't know if that, if you're really thinking about that in the moment, you're kind of just reacting. And wasn't he... 
diving because he wasn't sure that Winfield, he would beat Winfield too? Well, maybe. He, maybe peripheral <clears throat> vision because Antoine kind of like was a missile coming from the side <laughs> mm-hmm. out of nowhere. If you, when you watch it on the screen, it's funny to see him all of a sudden yeah. show up. Yeah. Um, and so, he, yeah, may, maybe that's what it was. They both basically dived at the same point. Yep. And Winfield said afterwards when he was asked about the play, you know, to me, it just seems instinctive. He's like, yeah, I, he said something about keeping his leverage. He said, I thought he might extend the ball. Yeah. And so when I saw him start to do so, then I went for it. Crazy. Like that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But how do you how do you think that quickly when it's all, all that's happening? I it's don't phenomenal. It. It's unbelievable. That could almost be a season um, game saver. It could have been a season. Yes. It might have saved the season. They would have been up 7 nothing, Right. And you don't know how that game would have gone. Correct. There. I mean, if you reconstruct everything else, we still win 9-7, but that's not right. really how it works. No. Um, he also had a third down sack um, on the, the, the drive where um, they tried a 52-yard field goal. It cost him like six or eight yards. Yeah. That might have been the difference of whether that was good or not. Right. I don't really have a good image of how much they missed by. I know we reacted quickly, so I don't think it was too close. Yeah, but still. <clears throat> still, push it back to 52. It's a kicker that they signed off the street. It was yeah. briefly It was briefly with us. Um, Aren't all kickers briefly with us? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> you, I mean, you, if you, you got me with that, listen, one. if you watch a, if you watch an NFL game and you see a kicker come out, you go, Oh, I know him. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, we playing we, the bears. Yeah. Oh, Cairo Santos. Yeah, 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 I remember yeah. that, you know, Nick folk. Sure. Sure. Um, gay with Detroit. Oh gay? yeah. I'm highest paid kicker. Yeah. Indy. Is he within? I'm sorry. Um, so you could make an argument that Antoine saved us 10 points in a game. We won by nine. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I, that's, that says it all. And I'm not going to go on and on about the Pro Bowl snub. I'm sure we talked about that last week. We did. Um, I'm still hopeful that we, when the media members vote on All-Pro, that he's a first-team All-Pro. He should be. I, I see people arguing for him as a potential Defensive Player of the Year candidate, which I don't oh, disagree no. with because of that's everything a, that yeah. he's done. Usually it's a sack guy. That's my point. It's going to go – while I, I don't think that's, an, that's ludicrous, I think that's a reasonable – point to make, right. it's going to go to Miles Garrett or T.J. Watt or Josh Allen, something yeah. with a ton of sacks. Sure. Probably T.J. Watt. Maybe yeah. Miles Garrett. I don't know. But um, either way, <laughs> you, you, you can understand why. It's because sacks are, I think sacks are valued yeah, higher but he's, than, a, he's a safety and he had six of them. Well, there's that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then he had a force, was, well, he gets credited with a force fumble on that play yeah, in the uh-huh. end zone. Yep. Okay, so how many force fumbles does he have? Four, six. Six. Okay. Tied for the league lead. Jeez. Usually it's an edge rusher who leads the league in, in Yeah, sacks. I was just going to say. He's tied with Bradley Chubb, so. Mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, we just can't no. stop talking about Antoine. No, and nor should we. And not only not only is a great player, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's he's a fun guy to goof around with in the hallway or down in the locker room. He's he's very receptive to uh, conversations, which I like. A couple times this season, in the locker room, I've seen him go by, and I've dropped some little nugget on him, uh-huh. maybe something from Next Gen or something. <clears throat> and he's always like very appreciative. He's like, "Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool." Yeah. Like, you were talking last week. You, you need one of these and two of these. He's like, "Okay, right. yeah, I didn't know that. I'll try to get well, that." Well, what's funny <clears throat> about that? Is five weeks ago, I started. We, remember when he had the interception and he and he dropped it. Yeah. And I went to him and I said, "When you went to bed that night, did you think about that ball coming at you and dropping it?" And everybody thought I was being a jerk about it. That does sound a little bit like. I that. know, doesn't it? But I was like, I was just, I was just 
having a conversation with it. And he laughed and he said, you know, I did. And he goes, not only did I think about it that night, I think about it now. <laughs> I said, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to change your luck. You talk to me, <laughs> you're going to get something. Well, this is true. So you're taking credit. No, listen, he, I told him, you're going to get an interception. Here we go. So he gets the interception. Of course, it gets called back because of a penalty, so he doesn't get it. Then he has the one that's in, you know, like a center field ball and he and in Atlanta, and he looks like he's going to catch it, and then the receiver comes across oh, and right, catches right, it. Right. All right. So I told him that that was on him, not on me, because <laughs> I did appreciate it. So I know this sounds long. Yeah. I go into the locker room last Wednesday, and I go to the other side, and he's looking at me. <laughs> and as I walk by, he goes, what, we're not going to do our thing? <laughs> I said... I said, Antoine, I think all my luck's out. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, we need to keep doing this. I said, okay, fine. That's when I brought up what you told me about. He needed, I said, you need to get. He needed, I wanted him to go five, 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 five. That's what, I, that's what it was. So if at least five sacks, five, five forced fumbles. He already had both of those things. Uh -huh. And he needed one more fumble recovery right. to get to five. He didn't get there. No. And he needed two interceptions to get to five. Correct. And that's what, so I said, two interceptions, that, you're going to be five, 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 five. And that's when you heard the fives. And he loved that idea. So I can't wait to go see him tomorrow. You know, he also had 122 tackles, right? Jeez. You kind of forget all that when you're going six sacks, six forced fumbles, five you know, fumble, four fumble recovers. Not only all of that. Three interceptions. But what I most appreciate, he never gives up on a play. That's the that's he where doesn't we take here, yeah. a playoff. Right. Period. Right. And that's how he's gotten some of those big plays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He and he's just really smart too. So yeah. Um. So I, I lost my train of thought. <sighs> Sorry about that. Pro Bowl. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. One hundred twenty-two tackles. Yes. Like I had seen, like probably a lot of people had that uh, graphic going around on Twitter and other places where it, it compared Buda Baker's stats oh, yeah. to Antoine's. I kind of feel sorry for Baker because he didn't. He, it's not his fault. It's not his fault, but right. everybody's dogging him about getting there. And it's like. I think he's had, I think he's missed some time this year too. He he's a great player. Yes. And he's been to like five Pro Bowls. Just hasn't had a great year this year. Well, not he, compared to Antoine. Correct. But uh, he's. So that if you haven't seen that graphic, it, it was like four categories and all of them were zeros for Baker and then be like, you know, like sacks. Yeah. And, and then you got. Wow, that was lightning. <laughs> yeah. So we, we most of this building is cleared out because yeah. there is a giant storm yeah. approaching or maybe just now arriving. It is right in now. Tampa. And um, it's supposed to be a very violent storm. Yeah. For about an hour and a half to two. Hours. Well, actually, there are tornado um, warnings up until nine o'clock tonight. We're like four o'clock in the afternoon so right now. So a lot of people made a very good decision to get very out of here smart. before yes. this. We are not those people. <laughs> not the salty dogs because you know why? It is Tuesday, and if we don't do it today, we're not going to have time. Yeah. Well, maybe with the extra day week. Well, that's true. Um, but we are in my office, which has windows to the yes. for the front of the building. And wow, um, he's bragging. He's going to office with windows. Humble brag. Yeah. Flex. Well, Jeff. For my first, what, 2006 to 20? Yeah. Maybe 21. So yeah. 14 or 15 years, I was in an office that had no windows right in the middle in of the building. In this building, huh? You know yeah. where I was. Yeah. You know what's weird? And I almost don't want to say it because I'm going to jinx it. I think you've said it on the show before. What? Aren't you going to say the thing about how you're the only person who's in the same right. office as he or she was when the building opened? As in I 2006? knock on wood. <laughs> Find out tomorrow I'm being moved. <laughs> <laughs> moved or shown the door. Yeah, well, that, that could happen I don't know, maybe too. you like um, hey, listen, go on a little tirade here it, on the podcast. Sure, and then get kicked off. And just, of course, know. then 
that would indicate not only that you went on a tirade. Yeah. But then didn't edit it out. Correct. And then, like, they would tell me I'm getting home version. <laughs> so, anyways. So, there's um, a big storm coming. Yes. And, but we will. It, the only reason why we paused there for a second, because that was a pretty big flash of lightning there for a second. But, all right. Anyway, I then I saw the, the Baker... Buda Baker, Antoine Winfield graphic updated with it also had yep. tackles on it. Right. Antoine had 122 and Baker had 77. Mm. So we get caught up in those numbers, like sacks and stuff, as we should. Uh-huh. And you forget he's also one of our most sure and leading tacklers. Right. So he, do- he does everything. Gotta love it. All right. And so you gotta sign him. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> I, I'll talk to Jason on on Monday when he comes into our booth to, oh, yeah. to do his segment. I'll put so it in his ear. Antoine is one of the players, Bucks, who's um, scheduled to be a free agent yeah. next year if nothing happens before that. <laughs> right. And would be a highly coveted player. Yes. I saw him eighth on Pro Football Focus's list of Already, the top 100 huh? free agents wow. at this moment. Um, Mike's on there, I think, at 13. Mike okay. Evans. We do not think we should let Antoine out of the building. No. Or Don't, Mike, but that's our opinion. Yeah, but we're talking about Antoine right now. That's true. Um, okay. Okay, uh, I got a question. All right. When did you get the cap and T-shirt? Uh, I, did you get one at the game? I did. Okay, I was like basically the only person on the entire plane that didn't have the... That's not true. Brian Ford didn't Because <laughs> he, he was walking in with me and we were talking. I said basically. Yeah. I, I was. It was like you just look across all the aisles and everybody has the NFC champion hat on, uh-huh. and a lot of them have the red T-shirts over whatever they were wearing. Sure. It was a hat and T-shirt game. J- just depending upon what your job is, you may not be in the right spot when they're handing out. Yes. Anything. So I right. was not in the right spot when stuff was being handed out. I was not upset about this in any no. way, but I did not fly home with a hat and a T-shirt. I thought I would get one at some point. Um, Jason was downstairs talking to Brad, the equipment uh-huh. manager, and Brad asked him, hey, who did anybody, did, yeah. yeah, and so he right. told him. Because Brad Berlin is one of the best equipment guys there is, and he's always very um, kind in thinking about people who, proactive. Tra- yeah, proactive, who travel with the team and are basically living the football schedule, and after that, uh, wow, you can hear that, um, took care of us so that was pretty exciting it was kind of cool to see the players wearing them they liked them yeah and then you get on the airplane and they were wearing them yeah. and it is like they're wow, pretty good looking they are. t-shirts yes. you know you don't always get winners you remember our super first super bowl hat yes oh, i still have it i probably have it but i would never wear it no i'm not see my problem is i'm not a big hat guy i'm not either and so you know i i think they're cool and i save them but then after a while like why do i have all these hats and i i have know. put most of mine away in, in a closet yes, and i, I have never it. touch them yes i have because i probably wear a hat like once every month i wear i wear it during training camp when yeah. we're outside more often in yes. training camp yeah so but i'm glad you got those i feel better now well thanks mm-hmm. so i didn't ask you at the top like i like to do um, what was the favorite thing you saw oh during that game or heard or experienced um, Wow. You want me to go while you're thinking? All right. Well, on Saturday in the hotel room. Well, go ahead. uh, One of my favorite things, watching the games. Yeah. um, The Pittsburgh game, Pittsburgh-Baltimore. Uh-huh. A guy who used to be with us, Godwin Igwe Bikwe, who's the, what, nephew of Donald Igwe Bikwe, the former Bucks kicker. Yes. He came into the league as as a safety, came to us as an undrafted free agent, didn't make the team. Right. But he has made... A career in the NFL, and he's actually converted to running back at this point. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know he was on the Steelers, but he was returning a kickoff for them, and he did that 
obscure rule thing that we've talked about a couple times. You know what I'm talking about? The one where you step out of bounds yeah. and then it goes to the 40-yard line or something so like that? If you if you kick off and the ball goes out of bounds before getting to the end zone, that's a penalty on the kicking team, and it's basically a 15-yard penalty. So starting from the 25, which was the normal starting line after a touchback, it goes to the 40. Right. So if you kick the ball out of bounds, the other team starts at 40, which is a bad penalty. Correct. Well – if you're a player and any part of you is out of bounds and you touch the ball, then the ball is, by rule, considered to have gone out of bounds. Right. Which is a weird rule, Very. but it's true. But it's true. And so, Igwe Bikwe knew this, clearly, because he ran around to the sideline and then laid down and made sure part is like his feet were yeah, out of right bounds. Yeah. And then he grabbed the ball, which I don't know how risky that was or not. It probably would have continued into the end zone for a touchback. But, but he, I don't know. You never know. But, he, but heads up play. But he did it. It was perfect. Yeah. And, and, and uh, that's, I think we've talked about it before, so I won't get too much into it. But that's a play I first saw in the 90s. And I remember talking to our special teams coach about it because I had no idea. Sure. And I, I think you see it maybe once every 10 years. But it's it's really cool that probably most special teams coaches make a point of making sure the return people know it. But you never know. So That was your favorite thing? On Saturday. On Saturday. Okay. Oh, I'm, no, I had two favorite things. On Saturday. Well, I was going to tell you what my favorite thing was because I didn't see it until Sunday oh, morning. Oh, okay. Well, that's my other one. Yeah, that's right. My favorite <laughs> thing was Scott Smith sent me a text and I had already had laid my phone down so I did not look at my phone until Sunday morning and when I saw it there was a video and it was very very cool because it was when I first read it I thought it said Scott Smith got pulled out of the, the crowd and then I went wait a minute this is not making sense but your son Alex was at uh, a basketball game college Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech basketball game and, and he got selected out of the crowd which how does that happen do you, how, how do you get selected out of the crowd? They just walk by and go, hey, you? Well, or, truth be known. Yes, please. He kind of knew one of the people that oh, was okay. involved. Nice. Um, and uh, because they both play on the club baseball team. Okay. And when that guy saw Alex, he's like, hey, Alex, hey, you want to do this? this? Okay. And so. <laughs> so we had a bit of an in. So Alex was selected to um, try to uh, or attempt to make three free throws in 30 seconds. And uh, with the crowd cheering. Especially and his girlfriend. I was just going to say. And what made it even harder was his girlfriend watching. And taping it. Yes. Which is how we got the video. And very nice. And um, the first toss bounced out. It was close. It was close. But then we found out the reason why. It was just a warm-up shot to see where it goes. The next three go in. Two swishes. Yes. And then one that bounced a little and bit. And the crowd was going wild. Well, especially her. Well, that was that was <laughs> like extra special when your girlfriend's going, woo And the camera's shaking. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was my favorite thing because we always like when Alex does something special. And I was once sharing, again, I was sharing did. that with everybody. You should. Because like, I just thought it was so cool. I it probably is. watched that video 20 times that night. But that stuff, yo, you know, that's yeah. just really cool stuff. And you, I know you were taking a lot of pride in that because you're going I coached him up Bas baseball basketball whatever well, I was his coach I can take no credit for anything he does in basketball because I didn't coach him in any basketball uh, he did well he only he's a very good basketball player he only I coached him in baseball and football flag football yeah so, so I can take credit for that. That was that was a fun thing because it was kind of a rough week um, after the Saints lost and even going in the Carolina it was I felt like the, I felt like we are going to win against Carolina, not because they were a two and fourteen team. I just thought it was going to—they're going to get it done. They're going to lock it up, so to speak. However, 
there's always that little tinge of, gosh, if oh, it doesn't sure. happen, how bad is this going to be? What's, what, could, what kind of dominoes what, are going to Yeah, fall? exactly. So I was very pleased that um, – and, and I wasn't getting a great vibe from a lot of people that I talk with who are in the organization. And, um, like, I'm, I have a routine I do every football morning. And um, I wasn't getting that full, yeah, we're all in. We got it. You know, everyone kind of had that, gosh, we should. But, <laughs> but, but you know what? It was, as, as I said in the fourth quarter in a commercial break, I said to Dave Moore, Dave, you've been in a lot of these games. This is buckball, you know, which it was. The, the defense really stepped up. Well, it's the first shutout since 2010, San Francisco, yep. 21 nothing. <clears throat> I was talking to Ronde, shooting a video for pregame with him earlier today. I'm like, hey, Rondé, the Buccaneers had their first shutout since you were in uniform. Uh-huh. Um, and the Bucks won without, a touch, without scoring a touchdown. It's the first time they've done that. I've already told you this, so I know you know. Mm-hmm. But um, the last time that happened, the Bucks won a game without scoring a touchdown. It's a pretty memorable game. Very. It was the final regular season game of the 2002 Super Bowl season. The Bucks were on the road against the Bears, but not in Chicago. No. Because they were doing renovations all that year to Soldier Field. Soldier Field. So we were playing on the Illinois campus in Champaign, Illinois, University of Illinois. And it was so cold that night. It was extremely cold. And, and that stadium well, that stadium has one open end. Yeah. And so the wind was just whistling through there in one direction. Yeah. And the Buccaneers won that game 15 to nothing on five Martin Gramatica field goals. Yep. And all of them were in the direction going with the wind. Yep. Nobody even considered kicking into the wind. Nope. Nope. And that was kind of the 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 – issue in the Carolina game, depending on how you were getting the win. Because, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because there is a significant difference in the passes and uh, punts and kickoffs if you were kicking into the wind. It was it was deceiving because it didn't look like it was windy, but it was. It clearly was because when we were needing to – there was 18 seconds left in the first quarter, and we were about to punt, mm-hmm. and um, the, there was more than 18 seconds on the play clock, but Carolina used a timeout. Yeah. So that we would have to punt in that direction, which was pretty smart. They're very smart. It, I'm not sure how much it mattered because the, that was the one punt that kind of came off the side of Jake's foot, and but it did get a good bounce. Maybe maybe he was trying a little too hard because he was kicking in the wind. He had a good day overall, though. Right, and and that kind of decision solidified what I thought that they were not mailing it in. The Panthers, they were all they were still thinking, and to, to make that decision, like you said, to all of a sudden go, oh well take the time out, which at that point I was a little surprised they did. And then after some thinking about it, I went, man, that's pretty smart. So they did well, they, no, I don't think they were mailing it in. Um, but, and this is not saying in any way that they were, they clearly had a game plan on offense that seemed to be predicated on making sure they just didn't get Bryce young in harm's way well, because they ran smart. the ball yeah. a lot and they yeah. ran the ball in what would normally be, passing situations they yeah, ran on a third and true. 12 which that's made true. the crowd boo they yeah. successfully ran on a couple of third and fours and third and fives though yeah uh, well it could only be two i guess because they only converted two third down pleasantly surprised how many buccaneer fans were there how, how the crew showed up there it was a red yeah crowd. they've been getting low attendance so the, so many bucks fans were really stood out yeah um and, and bryce young didn't throw he had the one scramble throw that was kind of for 42 yards uh, the one where Winfield had the forced fumble. Otherwise, he didn't complete another pass longer than eight yards. They were throwing it quickly and, uh, you know, and throwing to the tight ends and getting right. the ball out quickly. Um, just I think they just didn't want him 
taken a lot of hits at the end of the season. Well, there's that's again that's being smart. And he had already been sacked 59 times this year. He that's did, crazy. He did get sacked three more times. Yaya had one to get to seven and a half. Yeah, Yaya. Uh, woo. Uh, Winfield, as we said, had one, and then Joe Tryanchenko had the one that big one ended their day. Yeah, because huge. That was after another touchdown for Carolina came off the board. Uh, the running back Blackshear. Mm-hmm. Can't think of his first name at the moment. Raheem, maybe Raheem Blackshear uh, had the nice. Was that a pass or a, a run? I can't. Remember. I thought it was a pass, and then he just an unbelievable it run. It was a really nice run yeah. for like a twenty-two yard touchdown. Yeah. But they had lined up in uh, uh, an illegal formation, so it came back. And on the very next play, uh, Joe came screaming around the edge, the edge, backside of Bryce, that, and swatted the ball right as he was. That's how you know you're having a really bad year when you know. You have a touchdown, it gets knocked away, and it's a fumble, touchdown. and then you have another one. And that's kind of why you're 2-14 yeah. at that stage. Those yeah. things happen to you. Um, but that ended the game because the Buckners then successfully ran what you call a four-minute drill. Uh-huh. I think there was about six minutes left. But they call it a four-minute drill where the whole point is to get a couple first downs to bleed the clock. And they did. And bleed any timeouts they have left and then just be able to kneel it out at the end. And uh, – Rashad ran like eight times for 32 yards on that drive, which is good. And because you're running into the teeth of a defense that absolutely knows you're going to run the ball. Yep. He converted two third and twos. And 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 sure enough, they were able to kneel it out. We got to, I think it got to the two-minute warning. He converted a third down with a run, and the ball was at the 16. And at this point, because I'm paying attention, Rashad was only 15 yards away yeah. from, um, I think, I don't remember. I might not get the sequence right, but he was 15 yards away from his first thousand yard season. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking, and we're at the 16 yard line. Yeah. Like if he can just, if they give him one more handoff, which they did, and he breaks it, he'll get ex- he'll get just what he needs. Right. But he got one five yard run, and then it was time to kneel it out. And, and that's more important. And that. But he finished unlike, ten yards short. Unlike some teams. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um. So yeah. No. Uh. You know what else I liked about. Um, you know, it was a good game. Defense played really, really well. The offense struggled. But what I found um, leadership-wise was in the locker room, and you can see it on Bucks.com, Tristan Wirth, um, after all the yays and cheering and game ball to everybody, he, uh, he brought everybody up, and I liked what he said. Like, I don't mean to rain on anybody's parade or take the joy out of this victory, but – Offense, we need to score some points. Yeah. The defense took care of us. Yeah. We need to score some points. It's right. been, I think he said, eight quarters. He was, that was which, not totally correct. Yeah, he scored I, two quarters in the fourth, two right. touchdowns in the fourth quarter of the New Orleans. Game. That's what I was. But thinking. I, you get the point. Sure. I, well, yes. that's what I mean. Yeah. But what I, what I, what I appreciated about it was, that's that's a close team. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, you took care of us. We got to step up, guys. Yeah. You know, we won, but we're not doing our share. We need to step up. It, yeah, it's definitely a close-knit team. And um, I think that happens when you have a team for which outside expectations aren't high. You go through some adversity, but you do enough winning, uh-huh. and you see that what your coaches are telling you is happening. Correct. And the players all start to care for each other and want to do their job well next to their, their brother. Sure. And so when you get that kind of cohesion, that really helps. And, and you're right, Tristan has really emerged as a uh, – he's really nicely emerged as a vocal mm-hmm. leader this year. He doesn't say much, but when he does, 
they listen. They listen. And, you know, he, he's a guy that his first year uh, won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And now he's three years removed from the Super Bowl. And he realizes that that stuff doesn't come around so easily. You know, you think you're going to have a Super Bowl team. And you go, yeah, well, we're going to repeat. We're going to – it's hard it's to get hard. there. Yeah. And you don't know when you're going to get there. And the first step is to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So all these big records of your 11-5 and five or whatever – Throw it out the window at 0-0. Zero, zero. doesn't mean jack right now. Buccaneers are underdogs at home of to course. start the week at and least. And I like it, yes. It would be worse if Philly hadn't finished the season on such a bad run. Oh. They lost six of their last seven. Yes. They were 10-1 and one at one point. At one, and the lucky they won them early. Yeah, they well they got it. They could be like Jacksonville, <laughs> where you know you're you're up. They were run. eight and three at one yeah. point. And they didn't yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah, that's well, like the, that's like the Bucks. Yeah, I was going to say we've been there before. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to talk about. No, that we here. don't. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, oh yeah, know. we're still doing favorite stuff. Uh huh. Okay, this obviously the Winfield force fumble was my favorite moment right. of the day. But kind of a sneaky one that was close, mm. and it wasn't a play or anything. Yeah. And you know the story as soon as I start to tell it. In the post-game press conference for Baker Mayfield, um, obviously he was back in Carolina, mm-hmm. the team that traded for him, but almost, benched him. I'm going to say it, almost submarined his career. Benched him, um, waived him in December, which was good, actually, because sure. he ended up with the Rams and, and – Kind of impressed people in a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. He so obviously, I, I think we've no, we've there was enough. He didn't say a lot, right? But he said a few things along the way during the week that made it clear that it was important to him to win there. Yeah. It was personal. He still liked his former teammates that were there. Yep, but he didn't love what happened. Nope. And so, obviously, he's being asked questions tangential to that in his post game press conference, and he goes, "You know, well, actually, it was in this room." Yeah. That they told me I wasn't going to be a Panther. Yeah, anymore. that room used to be a player's was, lounge. Yes, he was asked coming off the podium how that was. He said, well, last year this was a player's lounge. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff because uh, the press conference room was across the hall. It's much e- better now. Yeah, everything changed than the it's way it way was. better than it was Yeah, before. I didn't go in there. I didn't go in there. Well, it was big. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, – it just – that the one before that was right next very to the small. locker room locker was room, very right. tight. Yeah. This one was big. It had – what I really liked is it had a couple tape, long tables with chairs so I could set up there and work. Oh, okay. At the end. So it was like a workroom press it, conference Well, it room. says they had signs that I could see they could change out. So I think at other times during the week it's a media workroom. Okay. So it said media workroom on signs on the inside. Oh, of the door. Okay. So, right. yeah, they had a lot of tables for, for people to work at. Um, so that was great. So just what a cool story. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what it was like for him walking into that room. Like, this is where they freaking cut. Oh, you know, he felt real good about it as much as uh, his ankle hurt. How crazy is it, the weather? We looked outside, and it was like pitch black, and now all of a sudden it's really bright. Well, yeah. I don't <laughs> But this it's raining weird. very hard. Yeah. As long as the wind keeps blowing, I'm comfortable. If it stops and gets very, very still, we may pause. Why? Because that's a, that's a sign of uh, tornadoes. Tornado? Yeah. When it gets when you have wind and then it stops, it gets very, very still. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's definitely, we'll not, monitor it's definitely it. very windy right yeah. now. Um, I, I would think that it's like anything else. It's like if a team, you know, cuts you, trades you, whatever, you always want to do better. But in this particular instance, he was he was all in. And I, I'll say this. 
guy is a gamer and yes. he's he is very unselfish and when you try to talk to him and give him accolades for his performance he defers all the time to the team and we had a couple conversations in the post game with him one on one and he was like yeah but you got to remember and so i think he's a great teammate uh, i i don't know um you know i think life lessons have kind of guided him to where he is now so i totally appreciate it uh so as long as we're talking about him being a gamer uh -huh. he came into the game with a ribs injury mm -hmm. we don't know how painful it was for him but i think do you ever have one pain do you ever have a rib injury? no i have yeah and you, it hurts to breathe right it hurts or cough to, oh you don't cough <laughs> and if you have to sneeze you you oh. you get into a fetal position <laughs> and hang on as tight as you can and right. it, it hurts so imagine playing football I don't know how. We don't know how much it hurts, but I think it's fair to guess that it hurts some. Mm -hmm. and just, then, it just hurts to breathe. And, and then he kind of rolled an ankle. He's yes. limping off the field. Yeah, when he got sacked. And prior, yeah. I mean, subsequent to that, he had the like seven-yard scramble mm -hmm. for a first down on third and six. That's what I'm talking about. And then he had the play where um, he. I thought it was a really smart play. Everybody around me was going, "Oh, don't do that, Baker," because they're afraid of him being hurt. Sure. It's third and one. Um, he takes a snap, fakes the handoff, and turns to throw it out to, I think, Kate Otten out to the right. And he's got, like, he cocks his arm, but then he sees there's a defender right there. It's like, if I throw this, it might be picked. Sure. And so he just turns back, tucks the ball, and barrels into the line. And he got it. He got yeah, the yard. I, I, I mean, know. he got crushed. But, I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to play for that guy? Well, that's. He's not asking you to do anything that he wouldn't do. We, we all had the reaction like, oh, gosh, no. But then, well, he did get the first down. Yeah. He appears to be okay. And I don't think in that moment he's going to go, uh, my ribs hurt. I'm not going to do that. Oh. He's just going to do it. Yeah. He's just going to do it. We've seen that multiple times over the course of the season where you're like, I'm not sure he should do that, but he's definitely going to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't think any of those players were going to come out of the game. And Wait. Levante and uh, – Kalijah. Yeah. They got hurt on the same play. They got hurt on the same play, and they came out, and nope, they're coming back in. So, they wanted it. You know, I think I think that's the part that people don't understand. You know, they, they think they can be a good team, and you, they're headed that way. Did you uh, – if I asked you – who had the Bucks' two longest offensive plays in the game? Do you think you can name it? Kate Otten. That's right. And let's see. What was the other long play? There weren't many. There were not many. Uh, Rashad, didn't he have a 13-yard run? He did, but that wasn't the second okay. longest. All right. Mm, I don't know who. Chase Edmonds. Oh. 21-yard run. Okay. I knew someone had a good run. So it's – Dang. It's Kate That's I the kind of day this was. Yeah. Kate Otten and Chase Edmonds have your two longest plays. Not Mike Evans, not nope. Rashad, not, not Chris. Chris, not Trey Palmer. Although Baker did take some shots. Yeah, and, and they all had a chance. Trey had a couple that, you know, he got that one that hit his hands by the goal yeah, line yeah. right there. Right. Got to uh, grab that. Chase Edmonds, not Chase Edmonds, Mike Evans had the deep shot that yeah. I think if, and Baker said this too, I think if we'd been going the other way, he would have got a walk it. in touch. It didn't get caught by it the It got wind. caught up a little bit. Yeah. It was just a little bit short, and that gave. J.C. Horn, I think, yeah, just enough, enough time, time to get there and knock it away. Mm -hmm. um, but he took some shots. He took some shots downfield. Now, it, it didn't work, but they found a way. Which I like. You know, they're not going to always work. But if you if you take those shots, you put it on tape, which makes your next team you face have to have to account for that stuff. There were, the game could have been different, though, because there were 
a handful of near yeah. turnovers early well, in the game. Let's see, that's the difference between a good team and a yeah. two or three passes from early that could have been picked. Yep. Um, Trey Palmer fumbled around midfield, uh, but Robert hustling Robert. Yeah, again, Hainsey gets it. That's that's hustle because it was like six yards down the line. So those guys fouled the play specifically for that reason, right? Just in and, case there's a loose ball, and so and that goes back to the point of no one's giving up on plays. They're staying with it all the way, and something like that. Oh my gosh, what a difference that would have made. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I had a little note here that I should have done during the Winfield part, but What's I'm going to come back to it now. <laughs> Do you know that Winfield now has more career sacks with the Buccaneers then? than at least four edge rushers we drafted in the first round? <laughs> oh, geez. That's not a good stat. Uh, Gaines Adams, um, rest in peace. Yes. Adrian Claiborne, so far, now this one could change. Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, oh, five. Uh, Eric Curry and Keith McCants. Um, now, Joe has time to, to get more, but all these other guys are done, and they did not have as many career sacks. For the Bucks, first round edge rushers as Antoine Winfield a safety. Right. For the Bucks. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. That's not exactly that a hugely scary. positive note, but I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Carolina only had two passing first downs in that whole game. Uh huh. They only converted two third downs, and like I said, other than that one play that was a fumble, right? They didn't. Um, they didn't have a completion longer than eight yards. Wow. Uh, Chase McLaughlin. Okay, let's 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 define this this way. We are talking about Chase McLaughlin as the 2023 regular season kicker for the Bucks. Right. This has nothing to do with the postseason, so there are no jinxes here. Okay. We're wrapping it up. We're okay. putting a bow on it. Okay. This is his his regular season is over. We can't jinx right. him. This is only about the regular season. So don't anybody tell me I'm being a jinx here. I've avoided talking about him for the most part. We avoided it in the press box. Um, both Andrew of PR and I knew that he had broken the team record for um, field goal percentage when he made his first one. But we're like, I'm like, I'm not going to tweet that. He says, Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put that one out there because we were superstitious. Right. We didn't no, that's a good. I'm glad you did. And then he made two more, including a 57 yarder. Um, so now that leaves him at 29 of 31. Two observations here. One, the kicking situation in the NFL right now is ridiculous. Everybody has awesome kickers. And if you don't, you're at a big disadvantage. He's 29 of 31, and he's seventh in the league in right. field goal percentage. That is right. crazy. 93.5%. That's a new Bucks record. Beat Connor Barth in, I think, 2011, who was 26 of 28. So they both missed twice, but, right. but uh, uh, Chase had three more. 29 of 31. The only two kicks he missed were blocks. So they could have possibly gone in, too. And he hit a 57-yarder for the third time this year. He hit a 57-yarder in three tries. Wow. And when he – I was talking to one of the guys in PR about this yesterday on the plane, or maybe it was today at lunch. I don't remember. When he went out to try that 57-yarder, because if you remember the sequence, the Bucks had some nice plays to get into their territory, and um, it was getting close to the end of the first half. They're still like 30-something yards away, so you're like, right. it's not going to be easy to get a touchdown from here, but let's get some plays, get some first downs, or get some yards and make this an easier kick. Instead, we lost six yards on a, a tricky, I guess, Chase Edmonds draw play that didn't work at all. Right. Because they run blitzed right into right. it. And then Baker's next two passes were incomplete. Um, and so he had and then and so he had to kick from 
the 39, which made it a 57-yard kick, when you're hoping to get it to be maybe like a 40 or 45-yarder. Right. But when he walked out there to kick the 57-yarder, and this was with the win, yeah. I thought he was going to make it. I did, too. And he did. Well, what's funny is that when they got into field goal range, I made a comment to uh, in Gene's ear, they're in field goal range, and he, and he correctly said – they're in a long field goal range, and then they get pushed back. Yeah. Right. Yes. And he still kicks it. Right. Yeah, I know. Fifty. He's. But but I will say this: I'm glad you didn't say anything because last week we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys uh, kicker, kicker. And, and he missed two. Oh, he missed two. Yes. <laughs> well, one was blocked, but still, still he counts. he missed two on Sunday. It's probably good for the Cowboys because know, because of Gary Anderson. You remember Gary Anderson? Yes. In it. Do you remember the year that Minnesota went 15-1 and one and their only loss in the regular season was to us? Uh-huh. I think it was maybe a Randy Moss year. Yep. Uh, Gary Anderson, the kicker that year for the Vikings, did not miss during the regular season. Except in the playoffs. He was perfect <laughs> yeah. until the NFC Championship game in Atlanta. Right. And then he missed at least one extremely huge kick. And right. They, and they lost. And didn't go to the Super Bowl. And wow. Yeah, they I still not that. won the Super Bowl. I think they played – who did they play against Atlanta? Well, that was if that was the Atlanta-Denver game. Yeah. I was there. It was in Down Miami. Down in Miami. Mm-hmm. I was there too. Ooh, you tried to beat me too. I know. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying. I'm on my game today. I'm trying so, to get there from here. I'm looking I'm looking, Mr. Anderson up. Mr. Anderson. He was he was like stellar. He was a go-to guy. But they back then – It they was did, 98. Yeah, back then they didn't kick so as many – as long field goals. No, he was two for two from beyond 50 in 98. Um, he was 59 of 59 during the regular season. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. And then he missed – And that wasn't a very big – that wasn't very long, Gary Anderson, that, that field goal, because that was in the Metrodome. Was it? I believe it was. Either way, it was in a dome. Yeah, yeah, it was in the Metrodome because it, yeah, because Atlanta it was it was a home game for them. I'm looking it up. You, well, yeah, they went 15 and one. Yeah, so they were definitely sure. at home. Yeah. Dude, what did I say? 1998. Yeah. Yep. I I said 1998. That's what you said. So it was Falcons at Vikings, and he had made 29 and 35 yarders. So at that point, he was 61 of 61. And then, what's the situation here? I don't know. <laughs> they kicked a field goal. Oh, I see. I was getting confused because Atlanta's kicker was Morton Anderson. Remember Morton Anderson? Yes, I kicker? do. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wait a minute. So it is 27-27 with 218 left. And Gary Anderson, who has made 61 of 61 field goals at this point, lines up for a 38-yarder and kicks it wide left. Wow. And it goes to Anders- It goes overtime in the Falcons' win. Wow. So it's probably good for both Brandon Aubrey and Chase McLaughlin that they've already missed this year. Not very often, but Crazy. they have. That's good. So they don't have the Gary Anderson thing hanging over their heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase McLaughlin, I, you know, it's worth knowing that it's not like he's barely slipping these in. They tend to go right down the middle. Which is a good thing to have in a kicker. If it goes down the middle, it's listen. As long good. as it goes in between the the, the goalposts, it's just if it goes down the middle, you just go, oh, it went down the middle. But if it makes it in in, between, I know that I, sure you'll take it, whatever. Yeah. But if he is consistently hitting it down the middle, isn't that what you want from a kicker? Well, yes, yes. All I, all you have to know then is to, is it long enough? Correct. And so far, he has had no problems with that. That one would have made it from no. more than fifty seven. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, he's so good. I mean, that changes everything. When yeah, you, when you have that, and again. That's seventh in the league. Mm-hmm. 
so there's a good number of teams that have kickers that are essentially automatic. If you don't have one of those, right. you're at a disadvantage in the NFL right now. Correct. So I'm glad we have one. Well, we probably only signed a one-year deal, so we'll have to, try wow. to figure out a way to keep him around. We got we got a lot of one-year people here. Um, Logan Hall. Yeah, He's shown up a little the last couple of years. He games. has been making a lot of tackles. You yeah. don't see the big you, – right. you, you don't notice it until after the game's over with and you look. Yeah, and, I mean, he had four solo tackles. That's that's a pretty good day for yeah. a guy at his position. And mm-hmm. I can picture one of them where he basically, like, the running back – he was in the backfield and the running back was running past him and he kind of dived forward to get him. Right. It was a really good play. It was a great play. Do you remember it too? I do. I do. And Did that, Dave ever say anything about it? Dave? Uh, Dave and Gene both said something about it because I think it could have gone for a very long run, if not a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, because there was nobody on the other side. Oh wow, geez, I didn't know. So that. I think I think it was pretty big. I remember th- I remember thinking, wow, that was Logan Hall. But again, you know, that's we we're always looking for the big splash plays. But then after a game's over with, and you start looking through the game book, you see who was actually more active. Yeah, and just doing their jobs. Well, basically. I mean, sometimes those guys at those positions have a good game without it showing up in uh-huh. the press box, in the um, uh, box score. Right. That game only lasted two hours and thirty-five minutes. Yeah, I know. Which is what you love on the road. But between. but but the funny part is the first half took a long time. Really? Yes. Well, it can't be that long. It was because the second half, I don't think there were that many possessions. How many uh, possessions were in the third quarter? Two, one up, one each. I think they had two, and we had one, one very brief yeah. one. Yeah, it, I, I remember. I remember thinking, "Wow, all of a sudden this is going quickly," but um, you know, it looks to me from looking in our uh, media guide that that was the fourth quickest game in ever? team history. Well, that, that was nice too because that meant we got home earlier too. We lost. At Cincinnati in the 1976 season, 21 nothing, and that game took two hours and 25 minutes. Uh, we beat Kansas City in the famous uh, rainstorm game at the uh-huh. end of 1979, right. three to nothing, and that one took two hours and 30 minutes. And then we lost at Chicago in 1978, 14 to three, and that one took 233. So unless there's a 234 game out there, this 235 game is the fourth quickest game in team history. Wow, that's pretty solid. Those, I, you know, it's it's funny. Most games are around three hours. Yeah. But then you get into the into ones that just you just don't know how it's going to go because when you have a fast first half, you go, oh, good, this game's going to go over, <laughs> and then it just drags. So you, well, what you, you need to you need to have not too many incompletions mm-hmm. and not too many well, turnovers. Back to your saying that Carolina was running the ball. A lot. They were running the ball a lot, mm-hmm. even in what would normally be passing situations. Sure. I cannot find my play. Well, that's all right. It's okay. Well. I, it's just there. It is. There it is. It's just irritating. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I have all these items that I surround myself with during the first three days of the week. Sure. You know, because yep. I'm using them to um, write various stories. Like here's the Eagles depth chart. Here's Eagles stats. Here's um, both teams' rankings in the NFL in a ton of categories. Uh-huh. Here's a play by play. Here's their defensive stats, our defensive stats, stuff like that. Um, you asked. There were three possessions in the third quarter. Um, we had five total plays. Wow. There were only six <laughs> possessions in the second half. That's what, I, uh, that's what I'm saying. But that's if you, amazing. If you, yep, correct. There, yep. were, there were seven, nine, 13 possessions in the first half. There you go. Wow. So that's why I said the first half dragged. I mean, it was almost 2.30 when we, when we got to halftime, and I thought, 2:30? wow. 
I thought, wow, we're gonna this time is gonna to go be, to the dentist. It's gonna be a long time. <laughs> Jesus. I can resist. Yeah, yeah. You're My sister guy. is on a pun tear all of a sudden. I'm see. known as the pun guy in this family. Uh-huh. I'm the one that's sometimes so apparently tweet puns. So apparently your tweet. sister's funnier than you are. She has been lately, that's all for right, sure. Like I was it. the one that always my dad likes puns, so I would and mm-hmm. I would um text them to her and him. But lately she's had some gyms lately. Oh. You text like uh let me see here. Uh-huh. Um What do you got? She said uh, I'm really worried about my calendar. And I thought she was talking about a trip we're trying to uh-huh. put together. And I said, in regards to South Carolina, she, she said, no, its days are numbered. Oh, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> today she said, Mike, who's her husband, uh-huh. just today I realized your toaster is not waterproof. I was shocked. <laughs> wow. That's... Oh, okay. I'm looking for another one. Uh, oh, you know what they call a twisted rope with unraveled ends? Afraid not. <laughs> uh. You're liking them. Oh, jeez. Okay. What else we got? <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. I'm trying to find one more. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Not all math puns are bad. Uh, Just is- some. We that was last week's. We did that. Oh, we did that one yeah. already. We did that. I have to tell her that I'm I'm reading her puns on our podcast, so she'll uh, keep sending them. I like it. I I like. I said, "Here we go again." When she did the one today, and she said, "Aren't you entertained?" I'm like, "Yeah, but you're supposed to groan at puns. Uh, if you're getting yeah. groans, you're doing well with your puns." Uh-huh. And so, told her to keep them coming. All right, I lost my train of thought with that. I see notes here. Yaya Diaby, 7.5. So he tied Adrian Claiborne for the second most sacks by a rookie mm-hmm. in Bucks history. Adrian Claiborne, of course, was a first-round draft pick. He was. He's a good player. He is. He, had, he was a good player. He had a nice career. Um, Santana Dotson set the record. He was actually a fifth-round draft pick in, 2000, in 1992 with 10. So you, to get that out of a third-round draft pick and have him become your starter and a really productive player, um, good against the run, mm-hmm. that's a great pick. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, but he's in the conversation. Yeah, you put him and Kalijah, I'd say that's pretty good uh, a, draft yeah, class. And then you got a starting right guard in Cody Mauk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you and know, if you count Christian Izian, yeah. he's undrafted. you got your starting nickel. It's a young team. Yeah, you know, we, we, we keep forgetting how many rookies have been playing this year. And, that, and I think that's the part that has surprised everybody. But... You know, what's a rookie? Just a guy without experience. So. Yeah, but it's the end of the year. So at this point, the they're not rookies like anymore, they're not, right? Yeah. That's yeah. What the coaches use. All right. I like it. I can go with that. Uh, you. So I think you told me your answer already, but one of the games this weekend is on Peacock. It is. Are you going to um, pay for the service to watch no. it? No. I, the- I, 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 respect, I respect what the NFL is doing, however, no. Um, I don't have it. So. If I don't have it, I'm just not going to go get it. Yeah, I feel the Does same it, way. I, I, I mean, I understand what, what they're doing, but for me, it's, you yeah. know. I mean, it's just the luck of the draw. You don't happen to have this yeah. one. Now, if, if, if you put it on Amazon, I've got that. Yeah, if you're if a you big. Put it on Hulu, I yeah, got that. If you're, a, you know, a big, you know, Kansas City fan. Oh, yeah. If it's your game. team, right. But, but the good news is, uh, interesting enough, I think th- uh, what they do when it has to be streamed in the two cities – that those teams are playing, they get it over on over the air TV. Oh yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. So, th- so if you're a fan, you don't get you don't get. Um, I think you're right about that. Not being able to see your your home team. 
So the, the, the home, the hometown. But it'll be an interesting. It's going to be interesting uh, to see how it plays out, because personally, I think that's going to be the wave of the future, just because that's how things work. But I just don't know. I, you know, one of the we talked a little bit about it at lunch. One of the things that made the NFL very successful is it was always it's always been obtainable over the air TV. I mean, even if you have cable, it's still considered over the air TV. So. Um, that model has been very, very successful. But like anything else, you know, things change. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that happened to boxing is, you know, everything was got to pay-per-view. You know, it used to be on, and then, you know, in the 80s, early 90s, everything was pay-per-view, and it still is, but it's not as popular as it used to be when it was just over-the-air TV. Mm. So, you know, you have to pick and choose where you spend your money. What else I'm got? just looking at this Jason Light tweet from SMU. Oh, that was is great. Is this Cameron Jordan? Yeah. What does he say? He says that uh, the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks will probably go back to being what the Bucks were. after Tom Brady left. Yeah. yeah. So he says, "Yep, went back to being the Bucks champs again." Yeah. I love. I text him. <laughs> I text him uh, after I saw it and said, "Great tweet." And I assume this retweet of a of the Antoine Winfield play. Where he says he's got the little um, scratching your chin looking puzzle uh-huh. emoji is is in regards to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I love the fact that Jason Light did tweet that okay. out and actually like kept the receipts. Yeah, I've cool. got a number of receipts also that I'm <laughs> I'm going to use um, just because. Uh, at, but I'm going to use them when I see the person, and I'm going to open up my phone and say, "Look at this. This is kind of interesting." Um, I think, I think what happens, and I know it's just the way it is. It's a week to week league, but when you look at it, you got to wait until the the season's over with before you know where you land. Jacksonville, oh, they're going to make the playoffs. They're out of the playoffs. Nobody you, expected anything out of Houston this year. No one expected anything out of Houston. Green Bay. Yeah. After we beat Green Bay, yeah, everybody we were, said, "Well, they're done. They're not. Yeah, it's yeah, over. Yeah. It's yep. done." They go ahead and roll. The Rams, yeah, going to be a bad Rams. team. They got nothing. You know, they're just, you know, they traded all their draft picks. There's no way they're ever coming back they from that. Like 25 and, rookies to start the season. And boom, they're in. So you can you can go into quarters because most coaches say, you know, the you know four games, the quarters. It doesn't work quite as well with the 17. No, it doesn't. But the fact of the matter is Tampa Bay won five out of six. You brought up the Eagles lost six out of seven. Is that what you said? Yeah, six so, out of seven. So, you know, you got to wait. You got to wait. I guess that's why they play the whole schedule. Although, I'll tell you that this just because the Bucks won the South doesn't mean that some of the detractors out there have gone, oh, well, you were No, right. no, they're not going to because they're going to claim, oh, the division's really bad, yeah. they're really bad. But you know what? Green Bay's in at nine and eight. I was reading an article today about um, – uh, different coaching vacancies and what were attractive. And there was, they were talking about Atlanta who fired Arthur Smith. Smith. And like, if you get the coaching job there, if you just get a quarterback, because they, they, yeah, they have their good... idea was a Desmond Ritter. I'm not saying this. This was in the article. Right. Desmond Ritter's bad. They can't win because of their quarterback, but they're stacked everywhere else, which is a bit of an exaggeration. But um, that's where you want to go as a head coach. For that reason, because if you just get a quarterback, you're probably going to win the division. So just completely, this has not changed a lot of people's minds. Right. But look at it. Like you said, it's a young team. Let's say we retain, with a first-year offensive coordinator, 
let's say we retain Antoine, we retain Mike, we retain Levante. I don't know if is there anybody else big that we need to retain. I mean, you want to get Tristan signed to an extension, but mm -hmm. he's he's under contract, I think. I think they're going to have to just sit down and really just look at it and say, who oh, can we keep? Obviously, Baker. Yeah. Well. So you retain those guys. You have a pretty close to the same team. Maybe you maybe you poke maybe you spackle over a couple weaknesses with the draft. Um, obviously, Jason Light and company through their drafts and their undrafted signings have shown they have an eye for talent. Right. Baker's in year two in the system. Dave Canales has a year of play calling under his belt. If he's with us after this yeah, year. If he doesn't get hired somewhere else, yeah. Yeah. Dave Canales has a year under his belt of calling plays. We saw how he developed during the course of the season. Uh -huh. Like I said, Baker. He kind of proved that he could play like he did in 2020. Right. Why would the Bucks decline? Why would you be thinking the Bucks would decline? Mm. What's the argument for the Bucks declining? The only thing I would say is people think this was just a fluke. Right. Or all we did was feast on a terrible division. Yeah. And next year, if Atlanta's better than us, then they'll be the one that's that feasts. But, you know, it's year to year. You don't know who's going to be a great quarterback, who's going to be. It, there's, there's a lot of different things. You see a lot. Listen, you see a lot of guys get paid and then things don't go as well. I, I, I just, I don't, you know, everyone tries to predict the future. And if you say a guy's going to suck, eventually he will because he gets old and everything else. You know, everyone was saying Tom Brady was washed up, what, five years before he was washed up? I mean, come on. You know, but with Baker, I think that, um, you know, he's just, you know, I think what it is because he had such an up and down career to this point, they're going, that's what he is. He's, he's not your superstar quarterback, but you know what? He doesn't have to be a superstar quarterback. He threw for 4,000 yards. Thank you. 28 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions. Yeah. The only two quarterbacks in team history who have had 4,000 plus yards, 25 plus touchdown passes and 10 or fewer interceptions in a season mm -hmm. are Baker Mayfield and the goat. And Tom oh, Brady. by the way, and I and I know the defense won the game uh, in Carolina. But if you go back, and I'm not pointing fingers, I'm just these are observations. But if you go and look at the Kansas or the Kansas, if you look at the the Texan game, 41 seconds they march down and score a touchdown. Okay, then you look at the Atlanta game, they go and they kick a field goal. So if you had those two wins, you would look at it and go. Oh, wow, Baker Mayfield really had a good year because They're 11, double digit. Six. Yes, yes. Ifs and, ifs and buts. And candy and nuts, right. Well, so we have what is a pretty, I think, entertaining playoff schedule ahead I this do. weekend. And since we play on Monday night, I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to immerse myself in football all day Sunday. Yep. I've been thinking about making my chili. You were talking about this. I think I'll do that. And, um, but, and watch these games. I mean, it's interesting that... I don't think they always do it this way, but the first three games are all the AFC games, and the last three are all the NFC games. So the two they, the two Saturday yeah. games are AFC, and the early right. Sunday game is AFC, and then it's. Um, well, I think the Sunday night game is a Cowboy game, isn't it? Uh, it's. I mean, I. You know, it's funny. It's okay at four o'clock. It's Cowboys Packers. Okay. And at four thirty, and around eight, it's Rams Lions. Oh, see, the, both of those are really – see, those are games that really entice me. But in fairness to the league, I'm an NFC guy because that's what I've done my whole life, right? Yeah. Well, so And so I'm partial to the NFC rather than the AFC. Yeah, that's kind of the way I am in baseball. Yeah. So, 
I don't know if I don't know if other fans are that way or they're just fans of football. I'm not saying one's better than the other. No. I'm just saying I don't know if this is always the way they do it. Uh, the first three games are all AFC, and the last three are all NFC. Yeah, no. I, mean, I, I guess I can look at last year. I don't really remember it being that nope, way. No, it was the first Saturday game was NFC, and then yeah. late Saturday was AFC, AFC, and then early Sunday was AFC, and then late, I mean, middle Sunday was NFC, and then late Sunday was AFC. Weird. And then it was the Bucks cowboys on Monday night. You know why we're on Monday night twice, right? Well, I heard because we were like fourth seed, and that something about it, it makes it easier they, for them to decide where we're going. So we have the super wild card weekend, as they call it, for the third time now, because this, this is the third year with the 17 playoff field. So one team gets a bye. So you end up with six, I mean, one team in each conference. So you end up with six games over the course, and they put one on Monday. Right. And they have at least the first three years, and I'm sure they will continue to do this, it's going to be one of the games between the four and five seeds either NFC or AFC. It's been NFC all three times so far, but um, including Bucks cowboys last year. Uh, the reason they do that is because it doesn't matter who wins the 4-5 game in terms of who goes where in the next round. Because mm. there's either four or five, they're going to be between or at the bottom right. of the remaining teams. Right. So they can know after Sunday night, and they can, they can announce their schedule. You know, it might be like... Um, okay, I see what you're saying. You know, it might be Dallas at... Well, not at if they win. It might so, be Detroit or Dallas. Okay. On, okay. So they can announce that on Sunday night? They can announce it on Sunday night and just say. The winner of the Buccaneer yeah, so yeah. Eagles game goes here. Yes. Or stays home. Yes. Oh, okay. Now that kind of makes sense why they would do if that. Fans, if anybody listening doesn't know, the Buccaneers could get a, a second home game if they yeah. win. And if both the Packers and the Rams, Rams win. also win. Yep. Which probably isn't going to happen. Well, it, you never know. But neither one is crazy. I think a lot of people are thinking the Rams are going to win in Detroit yeah. because they're so red hot. Right. And the Packers beating Dallas don't know. shock me. No. Well, it's playoffs, so you don't know. You know, everyone was riding off the Buccaneers when they were on the road for every uh, playoff mm-hmm. game, and they won. So you just don't know. But but the possibility is there that the because Buccaneers, if that happened, then the remaining seeds would be San Fran who got the bye and they're the one, they're one. and then the Bucks will be second, four, uh-huh. and then the six and seven teams would still be alive. Right. And the lowest remaining seed goes to San Francisco. Yeah, and that would be the Packers. That would be the Packers. Right. And so the Rams would come here. So then the Packers would go to San Francisco, beat them. Yeah. We beat the Rams, and, and then we have the a, championship game at home. It's possible. There you go. We're we're calling it early. Okay, and then the but, other. Oh, by the way. The Buccaneers need to win on Monday. Yeah, to make that's, the first, that's the first step. But they'll know going into it what the possible options are. And mm-hmm. so, or no, they'll know exactly what, what it ours, is. Yeah. There won't be any options anymore. There'll be one. This is it. If if the uh, if Dallas and Detroit both win, all of these scenarios are with, are with the Bucks winning, so I don't have to keep repeating it. Mm-hmm. If Dallas and Detroit both win, Bucks will go to San Francisco. If Dallas wins, but the Rams beat Detroit, the Bucks will go to Dallas. If Detroit wins, but the Packers beat Dallas. The Bucks will go to Detroit. I'd rather go to Detroit. Of all those scenarios, well, yeah. yeah. Although I don't feel great about that either. I think they're no. good. Well, the no, number one you'd want is at home against the Rams. Yeah, right? well, that of course, of course. But I just, I just, you know, going to the West Coast to play a playoff game is that's a tough one. Yeah, that sucks. That's a hard one. And, and we and haven't really a, enjoyed our last couple of trips out there. Uh, no. <laughs> safe to say. I, well, that's very safe to say. Um, 
so this weekend, when we're getting all this time to all watch, these fun things, um, think of some of these things we got. We got Matt Stafford going back to Detroit. I know what a storyline that and is. And obviously, the the Detroit quarterback is the former Ram Goff, yeah. Jared Goff. So that's and, crazy. And he wants to prove something. You got the Packers going to Dallas to face Mike McCarthy. Yeah, who they that's fired. Funny. Yes, and yes. So there's there's there's. There's no no love lost there. You got Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City. Uh-huh. And he was disappointed early, earlier this year when, or maybe it was last year, I don't remember, when their game against Kansas City, which would have been in Kansas City, was actually overseas. Yeah. So, and, and then you've got, I know he's not playing, but Cleveland Browns, who traded for Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. going back to Houston. Right. <laughs> right. With Joe Flacco as the Joe quarterback. Flacco. you got to love it. I mean, the storylines, they're fantastic. They are. And, well, that's what makes the NFL so much fun. Yeah, you know, you just you just don't know who's going to get hot. And, and you know what? All you have to do is be hot at one point and make it happen. So hopefully we get hot. I don't know what that had to do with what I was talking about, but okay. I'm just talking just about all the different me, huh? all the different people you wanna, going around. You want to go to the emails? Sure, why not? Okay, we got a good amount of them. All They're right. long. They're long. This oh, week. they're long. Well, I'm just warning you ahead of time. All right, there's some really long emails here. Well, okay, um, but they're interesting. They're always interesting. Okay, and if you would like to uh, write to the salty dogs with a question or a long email, if that's what you prefer, Scott, tell them how to do it. You can email us at. Salty dogs <laughs> at buccaneers.nfl.com. That was just a pause for drama. I know. You always pause, though. I always think you're thinking about salty what dogs. is it called? Salty well, dogs. Well, if you recall, I didn't, couldn't think of my name at the beginning yeah, of this podcast. It's salty dogs dot. No, it's no, salty no. dogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. I think that's the first time you've said it. I did. You should say it every week because you have that stentatorian yeah. voice. Oh, I have to look that word up. Continue. I'll, I'll do it for you. All right. Go ahead. No, I'm going to look up Stentatorian. Oh, all right. Is this the, this is the word of the of the podcast? <laughs> every, I like every every week we're going to have this is something new. It's what did you like oh, best? It's now, not a word. What it, am I thinking? Of? It's not a word. No, not according to dictionary.com. You, what word am I thinking? You're of? making up words. Well, I'm I'm getting a existing word wrong. Oh, I love it. I I can't think of what it is though. I don't know. It, I meant like. Maybe that's why I didn't understand what it meant. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. not a word. I meant like like an aura of authority. Okay, that's fair. Okay. But what you said sounded so official. What is the word I'm trying to think of? It's I don't probably, know. Probably, you know what? You know who's probably... Oh, you know who's... You what? know who's probably yelling at the podcast Who? right now. And I'm going to have a question from him in a, in a, in a little bit. Is... is um, I think. Who? Oh, no, okay. maybe not. Philip Schwadron. Oh, yeah. He's uh, very I'm good about sure that. I'm pretty sure he's an English teacher. Yeah. Okay, good. So, Phil, please Phil. write in and tell me what word I'm trying to think of when I say yes. a non-existent word. And, like Phil, bail me out. So, I pretend I said I didn't know what the word meant. So, if it's not a word, then that's yeah. good. No, you're fine right now. Okay. You're off the hook. Whew. All right. This is from Michael Spala in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, hey, dogs, we needed a win and got a win despite how ugly it looked on offense. First of all, I think Baker deserves a new contract and a Purple Heart. Man, that guy is one tough SOB. That third down when he basically scrambled on one leg to keep the drive going summarizes what he's done all year. I agree. By any means necessary, this guy gets it done. I am concerned, however, with the inability of the receivers to get open when Mike or Chris are doubled. This is causing Baker to run for his life, and his one fault seems to be he tries too hard to make something happen, holds on to the ball too long, and is getting crushed. It kind of happened a couple times. It happened a lot. 
They have to figure this out or this playoff run is going to be short-lived. On the other side of the ball, the defense looked impressive, even if it was the Panthers. Winfield is a stud and was totally screwed with that Pro Bowl snub. Yaya should be in the conversation for a defensive rookie of the year. I'm not sure who else is putting together a season like him. I think Kobe Turner in, in, uh, for the Rams is. Um, right. I can't wait, wait to see what the future holds. No questions this week. Just wanted to comment. And as we always say, you can do that. You don't have to ask us a question. You can vent. Yes. You can have a good time. Like I like it. Here. Seeing a victory against the Eagles would be so sweet. They are the only team I hate more than the Saints. They have the most disgusting and obnoxious fan base ever created. If by any chance you are listening to this and you're an Eagles fan, which I don't know why you would be, this is an email I'm reading. Uh-huh. This is not no. a Bucks employee saying anything about your your fans. That's It's not me. Right. It's an email I'm right. reading. Right. Okay. Right. Whether they're being Santa with batteries, is that actually true or apocryphal? Uh, that's true. Or throwing full beers they, at children. They booed. They actually booed Santa at the old vet stadium. And they threw batteries at him? They had a tendency to throw batteries So people bring batteries in with their, in their pockets? Yeah. They, I always figured that was apocryphal. Let's just say that they're very rambunctious. How's that? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, they're very passionate fans, but they can be a little mean. Or throwing full beers at children tailgating. Yeah. That's kind of a weird image, uh, children tailgating, like just 20 kids just having to tailgate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, most of the time if kids go to the tailgate, they do want a beer or two. <laughs> he says, true story I witnessed 10 years ago when uh, I was at a Bucks game. Yeah. I, yeah. Hope they got, I hope they get nothing more than an epic collapse to end their season. Well, they're almost there. No question. Hopefully they don't burn down the city in a rage on the way home, <laughs> but I wouldn't put it past them. Wow. I'd love to hear Bucks fans at Ray J singing "Goodbye Eagles, Goodbye" on Monday night. Oh. All right, again, that's Mike in Connecticut. Yeah, not me. I think their new song after Monday night is going to be "Cry Eagles Cry." Now that is a Bucks employee <laughs> talking smack over there, which I think is a little I bit. It's a little risky. On listen, their part. I all I'm saying is I just couldn't resist it. I think I it's think their fan their fan base is passionate. very passionate. Yes. And they love all their sports teams, and it's a heritage type of club. You know, they're 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 almost there. You know, they they won one Super Bowl. They've lost what three? Uh, they, they lost. They lost England. one with uh, Jaworski. Um, oh, you're thinking way back. Yeah, way back. Yeah, after no, that's wrong. They, I don't remember that one. No, maybe I you thought, were probably right. I mean, I think they did. Because Ron's a really good guy, you know. He is uh, well, the Polish rifle. He was. He's. He's a great guy. That's what matters. Too. Um, yeah. They. I know. Let's see. They were also uh, in Jacksonville in two thousand and four. That Super may be the Bowl, same one. The New England one, where Donovan McNabb threw up. Threw up. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, You're. You've got the official. The, we used to call that the white book. We used to call the white book. But I, now I it's a record book. Well, it was always called Record and Fact Book, uh-huh. but it was unofficially known as the White Book because the cover was white. Yeah, all and the, that was in yeah. contrast to the NFL's Black Book. All right, which correct. has phone numbers and yeah. such for of all the personnel people. around the league. Yes, so you called it the White Book, but now for many years now, the cover is always a picture of somebody, maybe the MVP, but at least somebody from the Super Bowl well, winning team. Yeah. In this case, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Philadelphia has. One, one, and lost three. Nicely done. Thank you. So Thank they, you very much. We know the one they won. They lost last year to Philly. I mean, uh, Kansas City. Right. Uh, they lost, like, the one you mentioned to New England at the end of the 04 season. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was at the end of the 80 season. That they was lost Ron. to the Raiders. That would have been wrong. In, in um, 
New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There you have it. I follow the Eagles, <laughs> mainly because they're they're always been they were they were that team that was always hurting us in the early two thousands. Remember, we go up there yes, and they kick our butt or whatever. We lost in a wild card yes. round convincingly in both two thousand and two thousand one. Yeah, we also lost to the Eagles during the two thousand two regular season. Mm -hmm. They How, had at that point they had replaced the Packers as the hump the Bucks needed to get over. Right. However, in nineteen seventy nine, when uh, everyone thought that the Eagles were going to come to uh, the big sombrero and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that did not happen. Thanks to 138 rushing yards yep. by Ricky Bell. Ricky Bell. Very good. 24-17. Okay. Uh, Richard Terraoka from California. Ahoy, Saltineers. Happy Victory Monday. I'm sure most of your emails will be about being NFC South Division champs three times straight for the first time ever. Mm. I got to say, I've been hearing a lot of fans who are looking too far ahead and not enjoying the moment. I, for one, am soaking it all in. We all experienced the time bu the Bucks went 13 years without a playoff, so I will celebrate any postseason entry. Uh -huh. Something I've noticed about a new OC, offensive coordinator that is, this season that I'm surprised and proud of is that the offense didn't allow a defensive touchdown. Uh -huh. Off the top of my head, the last time I remember the offense allowing a defensive defensive TD was 2021 versus Saints on a pick six on Halloween. Right. If that's wrong, then when was the last time the, the offense allowed a defensive TD? I meant to look this up. Okay. I didn't mean to be doing it on air. Did he say 2021? Yeah. All right, the Buccaneers did not have a return touchdown against them in 22, mm -hmm. uh, and they don't have one this year. Uh, they did have two against them in 2021. All right. So now I go to one of my stat files, which I have a lot of. You do. You, you, it's amazing all this stuff that you can find so quickly. Okay, this is my game-by-game -game, uh, defensive stats in a variety of categories. Um uh, for a 2021 season, here is the last defensive touchdown or return touchdown. It was against Atlanta, although that might have been – was that Corderell, Corderell right. Patterson? Was that a Corderell Patterson touchdown? Ah. And not a defensive touchdown? Okay, again, let's go to the box scores. 2021, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This would have been better if I was not doing it live. Yeah, I, I understand. It. I'm sorry about that. Well, My that's apologies, all. everyone. That's okay. That's kind of sometimes that's what happens. During makes this all thing of this. long. It, it helps us get to where we need to go in yeah. terms of length, right? Nope, that was a, uh, a M. Dave. Who was Marlon Davidson? It was a, a three-yard interception return. I think that was a big defensive a defensive lineman, maybe Marlon Davidson. Right. Anyway, three-yard interception return uh, made it twenty to seventeen in the second quarter, but the Bucks went on to win thirty to seventeen in Atla in Atlanta. So that's actually the most recent one. Okay. So I guess this other one that he's talking about, let's see, New Orleans. Was. Yeah, New Orleans on Halloween. Yep. All right. So you were close. You were close. Richard. Very good. You you were on the right track, but there was another one a little later in that season. So And that's why he reaches out to you to get to make sure he was right. Well, I mean, it's still pretty impressive sure. that he was that close. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, I do feel like Canales did take his lumps hit for the most part. He's fared well, but still has a lot of room to grow. Well, bring on the Eagles once again on a Monday night football game. Hopefully a different outcome in our favor. 
he's talking about week three last year. Uh-huh. I mean, this year. Sure. Thank you guys for reading and have a great rest of your day. Go Bucks. Wow. Okay, this is Daniel um, from uh, Palm Harbor. Ahoy, Salty Dogs. It feels great to be in the playoffs for four straight years and a third straight NFC South title. Our defense is playing lights out, but the offense has to be on point against the Eagles. That's kind of what Tristan was saying. Mm-hmm. Eagles, because there was no breathing room. Whatever happens, I'm just glad we proved so many sports analysts wrong by winning more games than most people thought we would. Yeah. Including Sports Illustrated, who said we were going to go 2-15. and 15. Well, Sports Illustrated isn't what it used to be anyway. No. <laughs> by a long shot. Mm-hmm. My, it's just a name now. My question is, if we lose, which hopefully we won't, will there be one more Salty Dogs podcast episode? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we usually do. And, and we are also discussing that we might do a quarterly Salty yeah, Dogs. Maybe too. once a month. Mm-hmm. And Something we'll, like we'll that. We'll do some crossovers with the Tampa 2 women, Casey and Bree. Because mm-hmm. people have liked that. Also, I hope the Bucks fans show up since there will be so many Eagles fans. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see. All right. Alexander from Brazil. Ahoy, Saltineers, and Happy New Year to you as well. Uh-huh. Alexander. Hope this finds you both well. What a regular season. What a finish for a team many thought would be would be aiming for the first pick in the draft. Again, as TJ Reeves said during this stretch, if you are more interested in draft position than wins, get out of here. We are back-to-back-to-back to back to back NFC South champions, the only NFC team to – play in the playoffs each of the last four seasons the only team with two thousand yard receivers in the last three seasons uh-huh. oh he, he must mean each season each of the last three seasons an all pro safety hopefully and an all pro linebacker i kind of doubt levante gets that but i get your point playing as good as they possibly can a young team with great experienced veterans that can put them even farther go bucks I was watching a Bears at Packers last Sunday, and it came with this question based on the last play of the first half. If an offensive player realizes that he will be tackled inbounds, can he just drop the ball, making that an incomplete pass? Since you did, thanks for reading. Alexander Nascimento from the House of the NFL in Brazil. Oh. Because they're going to be playing. In yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you can drop it. If you're heady enough to realize that if I catch this, I'm going to be tackled inbounds, they're going to run out of time. Right. I'm better off dropping it so he can kick a field goal. If you're heady enough to realize in the moment, you can not catch it. Right. But you you have to be careful because how long did you have it in your hands? Sure, it could did be you a make fumble. it a football yeah. It might be called a fumble. Right. I don't think every player, any pass catcher is ever going to be thinking. Drop the ball. Drop the ball. Yeah, it's no. just they, They're going to be assuming that it was thrown to them for the right reason and maybe they're going to score or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I don't think you're ever going to see that. No, I'm, I totally agree. All right. All right. Uh, this is from Anthony, uh, who says it's his first time writing in, um, and he's from – he was born and raised in Pennsylvania. Now, Jeff, this is an extremely long email, so I'm not 100% sure I'm going to get through the whole All thing, right. but let's get to the basics. First time, he basically wants to tell us his Bucks becoming a Bucks fan story, which is cool. First time emailing in and a newer listener, but lifelong Bucks fan. Well, that's good. My name is Anthony. I'm 28 and was born and raised in Pennsylvania. Ooh, Eagles. Sorry in advance for the long email. Figured it would be fun to share how I became a Bucks fan. I would say any time between 1999 and 2002, which, by the way, Jeff, was an awfully good time to start becoming a Bucks fan. Yeah, it was. 91, too. 1999. I used to play NFL Blitz on my N64. One day while scrolling through the teams, I saw the Buccaneers logo and thought, that's pretty cool looking, and claimed them as my favorite team from that point on, with having no clue of anything about the team, lol. Since living in Pennsylvania, my oldest memories of being a fan was simply watching a local football game and always looking for the Tampa Bay score somewhere along the screen and hoping to see us come out on top, unless I was lucky to catch a local game on as a kid. 
Then more games I got to watch as a few more years have gone by. I was able to have my first ever favorite player, who and who else but Carnell Cadillac Williams. I got to get my first jersey ever for Christmas and was so excited to see what it was, which I still rep to this day, uh, to, to see that it was his, he says. Living in Pennsylvania, whenever someone asked me who my favorite team was, and my answer being the Buccaneers, surely always ended in some funny looks. The first game I remember watching to the end was the Matt Bryant 62-yard field goal wow. against the Eagles, wow. which I never had more fun rubbing it in my brother's face, who was an Eagles fan. Ever since then, my fandom just grew, and I got to finally start attending real games. So he tells us about some of the other games sure. he went to. Nice. Um, so says how much he liked watching the uh, Super Bowl. Okay. So and, we're part of his his uh, adulthood, or his childhood to his adulthood. Are, yeah. yeah, nice. Very nice. Ends it by saying, so excited to see us play the Eagles and to talk all my crap to the lo- locals this weekend. Oh. Thanks for the endless entertainment you guys bring on my overnight work nights. Oh. Oh, it works overnight. I used to do overnights. Oh, I've I, never done that. It's a different lifestyle for sure. While I listen to you guys, and I wish you guys a wonderful and safe 2024. Well, you too, yep. Anthony. And I hope and I hope we are able to provide you with a lot of smack talk on Tuesday. Says he hopes to write in again, maybe after we kick butt Yay, this Monday. I Go like bucks. how he's thinking. All right, last one is from Sam uh, in Nashville. Uh, he's written in before. Hey, dogs, back to back to back. It may not have been pretty, but the boys took care of business. Business. And it was great to see the Saints dominate the Falcons and still miss the playoffs. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a couple questions for you both. Since it seemed to be, seems to be more and more common for there to be some awful Pro Bowl snubs each year, Winfield perhaps being the worst one, do you think that would become less of a consideration in Hall of Fame voting and potentially help people like Levante David get in? He's got the numbers, but not a lot of individual awards. I, I, I think the Pro Bowl has to kind of go out of the wayside because it's just a different beast right now than it was 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. At one time, it was actually a game. Yeah, it's not even a game anymore. Right. Even the fake games that were played. Yeah. Pro Bowl but, games. But it used to, I, I, I always talk to a, a number of players that went to the Pro Bowl, and when it first starts out, the first half is kind of like the game, and then the second half the players realize that there is a difference in pay between the winning team and the losing team, and they have their whole family there, and they got to make up the difference. <laughs> but there were some really good games, and and uh, I would go to I, I went to a number of Pro Bowl games in Hawaii, which was a great uh, experience oh, yeah. all the way across the board. I went to one, and um, so yeah, I I, I think you kind of have to take that out of the equation when you start talking about Hall of Fame players. I also think with the Pro Bowl, since they're doing skills now, I think they have to revisit how that all comes about too. But to the question, no, I don't think that they're going to start um, using Pro Bowl uh, appearances less when arguing for things like Hall of Fame because the people arguing for a guy who does have a lot of Pro Bowls okay. are definitely going to use it. True. I, I, equally, I see what you're saying. I'm equally frustrated as Sam is by the fact that it's true. And in Levante's a great example. When it comes time for them to start arguing whether he should be in the Hall of Fame, the person who doesn't think so is going to say, yeah. he may, right. well, no, in the moment it's one. He made one Pro Bowl. So clearly he was never considered one of the best at his positions for the majority of his career. Right. That's the argument that will be made. It's not true, no. in my opinion. I think I there's agree. been many years when he's been considered one of the best off-ball linebackers in the league. Right. But there's been various reasons w- with the, how the Pro Bowl is selected that he didn't get in. 
Same thing is an issue here, not because of his position. It's inexplicable that Antoine didn't get in. I can't figure out how that happened, but it is a problem. Now, hopefully he makes a number of them anyway. Uh, but yeah, the the guy that the guy arguing for Buda Baker 10 years from now is going to go, look, yeah, he made I, six Pro Bowls. That's true. He's not going to go, no. well, Pro Bowls don't matter anymore, so I'm not going right. to make that argument. Yeah, he so, made a Pro Bowl with zero, 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 zero. He'll be able to make that argument, and whoever's arguing, if it's Ira Kaufman or whoever, right, right. whoever's arguing for Antoine will not be able to make that argument. Point well taken, yes. So it is frustrating. I think the better thing is, and it's not going to happen, is – they figure out a different way to select the Pro Bowl. So mm. an egregious snub right. like this. Listen, every team probably thinks it has at least one snub player. Right. I think of Amon Ross St. Brown. An incredible year for that Lions. When I saw he right. didn't make it, I'm like, you're kidding me if you look right. at his numbers. But then I look at who did make it. Mike Evans, A.J. Brown. Um, but, I, can't, I can't remember the other two. But there's nobody you would knock out. Is there a way to do the Pro Bowl where there's just zero voting and you just go by stats? I don't think so. No. Because then somebody would have to decide what are the most important stats. Like okay. Mike probably made it this year because he had 13 touchdowns. All right. Uh, I he, see what you're saying. He didn't okay. have like 1,700 yards. He had 1,255, which is good, obviously. Uh, to me, the only way that, that this issue is resolved is that the Pro Bowl just goes away. Yeah. And then it'll take a little while, but. 10, 15 years from now, you won't be able to use Pro Bowls as a It'll ne- It's never going away because even... Never? Never. And because even the skills... Um, Gets ratings. People want to see it. it for, what, for whatever reason, they still enjoy it. So I never say never, Jeff. Never say never. Well, that's true, too. People said Bucks will never make it to the postseason Actually, though, this e- year. even if they did away with the Pro Bowl, they'd probably still have the voting just to determine the rosters. Well, there's that, too, and, right? And because yeah. sometimes yeah, that's yeah. included in players bonuses. Uh, it's a bad situation. Right. Okay, number two question. I've, I've always wondered what the process was for the division champs hats and t-shirts. Right. I'm assuming the league tells the team what the, the design will be, but who is in charge of keeping them? Can anyone see them ahead of time? How much of a pain is it to drag them around for multiple games if a team doesn't clinch their first opportunity? Those are good questions. Yeah, it's a great question. Now, yeah, so I'm looking at this here. Yep. I'm, I think nowadays... Any team that clinched would have a hat that looked like this, right? Correct. Would have their own logo. Yeah, they would have their own logo on well, it. Do they all have the same slogan? Because ours says it's a lock. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's this year's um, NFL slogan. I don't know. I'll have to ask Brad. I don't. I, know I think about they're that. usually generally there are templates, yeah. and each team is using the same template. Now, yes, you have them prepared as soon as you need them. Yep. So we had them ready. They were ready on last. Um, the game for New Year's Eve. For New Year's Eve, yes, they were they were hidden in the locker room. They were hidden in a room in the locker room, and then they had to get shipped with the rest of the gear uh, up to uh, Carolina. So we were talking about Brad earlier, right? Uh, so we're, we're talking about Brad, Brad Berlin, Berlin, the equipment manager. So he's the one in charge. Yes, and yes, so they had to have him waiting in the locker room in Carolina. Yep, and then and then somebody has to get in and put all the shirts in the players. Uh, you know, like Lockers. when do you break? Like when do you break them out? You know, do you wait till six minutes before the game and go, okay, we got a good shot at this? Or no, you can't you do know. it until the until you're sure, right? right? Well, I don't know. That's a question I want to ask Brad. Is like, what time did the shirts actually come out? So I wasn't in the locker room. Did they walk in and they were already at each seat? I don't know. I wasn't in there. Okay, that's a good question. Uh, okay, so. Um, the, the thing about that is you know that somewhere in the yep. New Orleans Saints locker room this weekend they had them standing by because they had to. Oh, right. So right. now you got 
hats and t-shirts that are not accurate and they don't those get donated to like other countries yes your third world children wearing in new orleans that, yeah. saints 2023 nfc cell champions uh-huh yeah so that's wow. a good question all right one more uh three since you asked for puns this is sam again from nashville since you asked for puns why do the team pictures for the justice league always turn out better than those of the avengers Say it again. Why do the team pictures for the Justice League always turn out better than those of the Avengers? I don't know. You kind of got to know, which I really don't, which superheroes are with which group. Uh huh. But the answer is because the Justice League takes their photos with the Flash. Oh. <laughs> so. No, that's a. Oh. Yeah, you're grown. Uh, I guess the Flash must be in the Justice League. I didn't know that. That's very good. I, I think I know that Iron Man is Avengers. Uh-huh. Is it? Yeah. I know that one. I, uh, whatever character Scarlett Johansson played, Black uh-huh. Widow, I think she's Avengers. Right. And the guy who shoots the arrows. Right. Uh, I know this one. I'm not a superhero movie guy. I've never seen the last, like, three Avengers movies. Oh, wow. You probably haven't either, right? No. I don't I'm not a, I'm not a big... Um, I'm not a big... Uh, um, that type of stuff. I, I don't, those, 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 those movies don't. They don't do anything for me. No, they just don't. And I understand why other people love them. Um, just so you know, yes, the T-shirts were at the locker when they came in. What, did you just text were, him? Yes. That's <laughs> why I got quiet for a second. Um, came in right after the game, and then he sent me a picture. Okay. Of it. So each chair has yeah. a hat sitting on the chair where you sit, yeah. and the, the T-shirt yeah. draped over the back part. Right. And then, and then I asked him what time did it. Uh, oh, they went. Uh, they went early. He said they did it with eleven minutes left in the fourth quarter. <sighs> okay. It took uh, Tim, Zach, Riley, and Sierra, uh, and um, Brad supervised it. Okay. So they not only that, but you're talking about. Well, I guess it's easy for them because it's extra large, extra large, extra large. You know, for oh, the players. Okay. But if you notice this, Scott, like Devin look how nice. Look how nice they're folded. Yeah. See, look yeah, at all very that. Well done. They're very, very well done. They didn't last that long for very long. No. The players came in and just put them on. Put them on. Very cool. Over whatever they're wearing. Yeah. But uh, you see, those are the things that, you know, you don't think about, um, you know, getting it done that quickly, you know. Now, I feel, I, I think they probably felt pretty secure at the 11-minute mark because we were winning 9 nothing. Well, I'm but, sh- but I'll say this. If something crazy would have happened, they yeah. had to run through and pick them well, up. Well, I will say it would take more time to fold them and put them on each chair and cap, right? So that takes a lot of time. It doesn't take much time to, to with run a bag through and, pick them and just throw them back in the bag. <laughs> so, Got to get it done before the players yeah. get in there. Though. Yeah, very cool. Okay. So, That's it. So, yeah, there you go. Our That's guy, the last question. Yeah, you know, you got to love Brad. I text him, boom, this, right Maybe there. this should be a regular segment of our show because you've done that now two or three times. Yeah. And he always gets he back does. immediately. He does. I, I totally appreciate He's a good guy. I think he just likes yeah. you. Oh, uh, well. What, I mean, what's, at least all there's I can, one. All I can say, Scott, what's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else? Uh, no, but please, Philip or somebody else, try, t- tell me what word I'm trying to say when I say stentatorian. Mm. I really need to know. Yeah. Mm. I really thought that was a word. Well, I'm going to try. Maybe I'm just spelling it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? That's called a cliffhanger. <laughs> Since you did, thanks for listening.